Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Nick Scott at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Living so faithfully, and good morning. Welcome to you all. Special welcome to our uh, Indigenous brothers and sisters here with us this morning. A few of you here. Um, so great to have you, and thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, before we come to the message this morning... Um, let me just completely endorse, as I hope you would expect, all of Simon's earlier comments. Um, we're really, we've been, we had lots of conversations over the last few days, lots of discussions, and uh, we just realised together that we, we're in uncharted waters, and uh, none of us has been here before, so we're just uh, seeking to find our way. Uh, rest assured that uh, as a leadership team, we certainly are seeking the Lord on these things, we're seeking the wisdom of God and we're asking him for it and we would just urge you uh, to join us in that uh, asking the Lord for wisdom that he would uh, guide us forward in a godly and right way. Well this morning's message will be uh, mercifully brief in light of uh, the uh, other things that have taken place which has been a wonderful celebration this morning but we're looking at a particular aspect of our friendship with God, and that is his faithfulness to us, particularly in the face of temptation. Perhaps an unusual angle to be taking, but uh, the angle comes clearly from the Scriptures. We're going to focus on just a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians, and I'll just ask Jeff Cooley. I think he's going to read those for us. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, 13. So, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. One of the parables of uh, Jesus uh, warns us of the hazards associated with success. And uh, the guy in the parable starts to do quite well for himself financially. You might be familiar with this parable. It's in Luke 12. Uh, in today's terms, he sold all his shares three weeks ago, and now he's buying up big. Uh, he's starting to think about a bigger house and a better car and perhaps some investment properties, a uh, nice little superannuation nest egg, international travel to exotic locations. You might say he's pretty pleased with himself and the way that his life has turned out. And uh, actually, in many ways, he starts to feel invincible. And as he's kicking back and enjoying the good life, God says to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. Just last week, I was uh, literally this close to hitting a pedestrian who dashed out in front of a bus. You know, the bus was pulled over and, uh, and I was passing the bus as it was pulled over and he dashed out in front of the bus and uh, I had to literally swerve the car at the, at the very last minute. Pulled over, I was a bit shaken, he was a bit shaken. I stopped and just had a bit of a chat with him and uh, I said, uh, did my car actually, I mean, that was so close, did my car actually hit you? He said, um, you ran over my foot. That's how close it was. And for me, as I've reflected on that, I've, it's, a, it's kind of a sobering thought that actually none of us knows what's just around the next corner. 
And it's true to say that life is more tenuous and more fragile than we realise. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The punchline, of course, comes in Luke 12, 21, when Jesus says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. There's nothing wrong with being successful. Remember, as uh, Jonathan read just a few moments ago, it's the Lord who gives you the ability to produce wealth. But the truth is that if you are successful, I think we might have a graphic there, thanks, uh, Cecilia. If you are successful and the Lord grants you the responsibility of wealth, and wealth is a responsibility, if the Lord grants you the responsibility of wealth, you will certainly face some new forms of temptation that you hadn't previously faced to the same degree. Because with wealth comes status and influence and power and money, and in many cases, pride. Let's take a quick look at this 30 second clip. Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Now, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> yes, there you have. Uh, that's Ron Burgundy. There's many leather-bound books. His apartment smells of rich mahogany. Well, uh, some of you might also be kind of a big deal. I'm sure some of you are very important. I know some of you, and I know the level of uh, status you've achieved in society, the way you're respected in society. The thing is... When you're successful in your field, people do start to know who you are. They recognise you. Perhaps they might even stop you in the street in certain circles where you mix around. They might uh, stop and want to have a chat with you about different things in the shopping centre. You develop a reputation and over time, these things can begin to feed your ego and lead you to a place of secretly thinking, Actually, I think I'm kind of a big deal. You're not going to say it out loud unless you're Ron Burgundy. You're not likely to say it out loud, but you might begin to think it in your head. I'm actually, I've actually done pretty well. I'm kind of a big deal. It's a temptation of pride, which can quickly lead to a mindset of entitlement. I'm kind of a big deal. See, I, des I deserve this. I deserve the accolades. I deserve the nice car and the nice house. I've, I've, I've earned this. I've worked hard. I deserve these things. These things are my right. So if you think you're standing firm, Paul would say to the Corinthians and to us as well, the Lord would say to us, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Well, of course, there are other forms of temptation uh, other than pride, and the Bible gives many examples. I want to this, this morning remind you quickly of three of them. The first example, perhaps predictably, comes from the Garden of Eden, right back in the garden, uh, where the serpent tempted Eve. And there the temptation, we might say, was to defy God and to ignore the boundaries that God had put in place for Adam and Eve's own good. We all face that same temptation today still, to defy God 
and to ignore those boundaries that he set in place for our own good. The temptation was to give in to Satan's kind of life and to give up on God's kind of life. Yes, they would know good from evil, but that was only part of the story. And you know, Satan will only ever give you part of the story. He'll feed you the line. He'll give you the part of the story that uh, points you toward the aspect of sin that will bring you more pleasure or more power or more money. And there are many examples of sin that will bring you great pleasure and more power and more money. But for Adam and for Eve and for us, there's another part of the story that Satan conveniently forgets to mention to them. And that is that with temptation comes the opportunity to do that which is not right. We all face that temptation every day of our lives, the temptation to do that which, which is not right. Will I do the right thing here when no one's watching? Will I do the right thing or will I do the wrong thing because no one will know anyway? And if I do the wrong thing, it will be to my advantage. It won't really make a difference to others. Temptation, temptation. With temptation also comes the consequence of sin and uh, Many of us have discovered over life that sin always has consequences and those consequences always involve pain either to ourselves or to others or in fact usually to both. And then thirdly with temptation comes the obligation to take responsibility for our actions and today you know we hear a lot about our rights, not so much about our responsibilities but we have a responsibility. Famously in Genesis 4 Uh, Cain kills his brother Abel and when confronted by the Lord Cain says am I my brother's keeper well actually yes Cain you are you're responsible your actions have consequences and now you need to take responsibility for your actions and for the consequences well that's the garden of Eden the second example comes uh, from the temptation of Jesus after he was baptized Gesundheit After he was baptised, Satan took him to the wilderness and uh, to a a very high mountain, the Bible says. Um, Margie and I were uh, in Israel in November. And uh, let me just show you a quick uh, panorama clip of... uh, This is is one of the high places. It's called Wadi Kelt. One of the high places not very far from the Jordan River. And uh, it's it's thought... It's no evidence, obviously, but it's thought that Uh, when Jesus was led into the wilderness by Satan, very likely he was brought to either this place or a place very much like this. It's it's a remarkable place, sort of foreboding and uh, desolate, whitey kelt. Um, Jesus' temptation uh, focused on three crucial areas. And the first of those was the area of physical needs and desires, where Satan comes to him and says, Jesus, what, just turn these stones into bread. You know, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. Turn these stones into bread. Just feed yourself. The temptation, which we also again face, is to satisfy our normal God-given desires in the wrong way or in the wrong time or with the wrong things. The second temptation was one of power, where uh, again Satan says to Jesus, throw yourself down and God will come to your rescue. He'll send his angels to rescue you. The temptation here was to try and manipulate God with, uh, with our prayers. We maybe are guilty of the same thing, to get him to do what we want. We bargain with God. We tell him, well, Lord, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do this for you. As Graham said last week, if we view God as some kind of divine vending machine to give us whatever we want, well, that makes us God. Well, that's clearly not right. 
And the third temptation is that of possessions and wealth. All this I will give you, says Satan to Jesus, as they look out over all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. I'll give it all to you, Jesus, if only you'll bow down to me. And don't you just love Jesus' response where he says, away from me, Satan. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Away from me, Satan. I suspect that we should say that very thing more often than perhaps we do in the face of temptation. Away from me, Satan. There's power in those words. See, in many cases, the devil gives people more wealth than is good for them, more than they know how to deal with, actually. And it leads to their downfall as their wealth becomes the object of their idolatry and the source of their security. Third example, another surprising place we see temptation is uh, in the Garden of of Gethsemane. And uh, you might remember that in his final moments, Jesus urged his disciples to watch and pray. He says to them, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Interesting, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. What were they being tempted to do? Well, see, Jesus knew that there would be challenging times ahead for the disciples, and he knew that they would be tempted, and they were tempted, to fall away, actually, to fall away from their faith, to lose heart, tempted to lose hope, tempted to lose their focus on the things that they knew to be true, tempted to just give it all up and forget about this message of the gospel in which they'd been immersed for the last three years. And we face the same temptation, of course, especially when tragedy strikes or when our lives are turned upside down by circumstances, perhaps circumstances like coronavirus. We don't know quite what's to come, what lies ahead. But I've seen it before when tragedy strikes in people's lives and they say, you know what, this is all too hard. I I just give up on all this. I'm just going to abandon my faith. I'm going to stop coming to church. I don't believe in any of that stuff anymore. The temptation is there. Watch and pray, says Jesus, that you won't fall into temptation. Temptation to drift away from the things of God. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. See, we all face temptation, all of us. The encouragement of these verses is that no temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. And so no matter what the temptation, God is faithful. If you hear nothing else that I've said this morning, hear these three words and remember them, that God is faithful. You cannot rely on your own willpower to overcome temptation. You cannot rely on your best intentions to remain focused. Your best option, your only real option, is to take your eyes off yourself and to place them on the God who is faithful and who will help you. See, when it comes to temptation of any kind, as we read in this verse, God will always provide a way out. He'll always provide an alternative to sin, a pathway of righteousness. He will always provide you with the grace to say, as it says in Titus, to say no to ungodliness, to say yes to Jesus. And this is a key aspect of the nature of God's friendship with us, is that he wants to help us. He wants to help you in whatever you're facing every day and in every situation. We claim the promises of Scripture, or at least we're wise to claim the promises of Scripture. We see many of them in the Psalms. 
give you a couple of examples. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. God is an ever-present help to you in times of trouble, times of temptation, times of difficulty, whether you're being tempted by pride or greed or wealth or uh, whatever else it is. He is your ever-present help. I lift my eyes to the, the hills, the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from God, from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I turn to God when I need help. We all need help. <laughs> More than we know, we all need help all the time. Well, God is faithful and he will help you. Be encouraged by those words. And when you are tempted... God will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Well, let me say the way out that God provides may well come in the form of a trusted friend or an accountability partner or someone who will call you and say, I'm praying for you. Uh, As a pastor, I'm sure this is true of the other pastors as well. I get many texts from people who say, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm facing such and such a challenge or I'm facing this battle or these difficult circumstances. I'm facing this, this temptation. Will you pray for me? Yes is the answer on every occasion. Yes, I will pray for you. Let's journey through this together. You're not alone. I'm here to help you. We're here to help each other. And, you know, this to me is a key aspect of godly friendship, that we, we reach out to one another, that we help one another, that we uphold one another in prayer. And so be encouraged to form and nurture relationships of this nature, friendships that venture beneath the surface of superficiality, where we can provide for one another and receive from one another the, the help that we need. Bear in mind, you know, this whole, I don't harp on about this whole coronavirus thing. Is anyone else just sick of hearing about, I mean, I'm absolutely sick of it. But let me say, you know, in the face of this, there'll be people, probably not most of us, but there'll be people in our church community and in the wider community who through old age and isolation will become increasingly isolated and fearful and you know what they will need they will need help they need help they need to look to the Lord for help but you know what they need friends who will help them who will pray for them who will call them who will text them who will surround them who will drop food off for their homes we don't know where this whole thing is going but we know that the Lord is on the throne And our help is in the name of the Lord. But let's focus on what he's saying to us also about being a help to one another in our community. You know what? There'll be be opportunities that will emerge that would not have emerged had the virus not been here. Let's seek them out and listen to the Spirit of God as he speaks to us about these things. Let's pray as we close. Father, we thank you that uh, you are sovereign, that you are Lord of all. And uh, in the face of uh, all these things, we continue to look to you and put our trust in you. And we're encouraged this morning with the reminder that in your love for us and in your friendship extended to us, that you want to help us. And so we're asking you, Lord, that you will help us, even as we navigate the way forward from here as a church family. As individuals, Lord, in this room, uh, think and uh, consider and pray about what what this will mean for day-to-day life, what this means for our families, for our 
uh, our elderly loved ones. Lord, guide us. Guide us by your Spirit and help us, we pray. And give us the grace, we ask, Lord, to be those who look out not just for ourselves and our own interests, but actually that we become those who uh, proactively help others around us. Guide us, Lord, and teach us and show us your way. We look to you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.